listening to The Chartographers. Yeah, really, it's a season two, season three of the Chartographers. <laughs> <laughs> What's happening? Who are you? It's the Chartographers. <laughs> it's a music loving podcast, a music loving people. Uh, guys, we just finished our part one episode where we ranked an astonishing amount of Jay-Z albums. We ranked seven of his 12 albums that we are doing. It's been an incredible journey, and we have five albums left that we are going to talk about and rank in order of worst to best. I kind of can't believe it, especially when it's down to these five albums. Holy crap. Let me tell you, it's me, Evan Saadi. It's co-creator Taryn O'Reilly. It is special guest and Chartographer All-Star. Shannon Iredman White. Uh, find him on PHG Iredman on various sites. Uh, and most importantly, though, we're, I mean, first off, listen to the part one, because goodness, although there are some bad Jay-Z albums out there, I feel like we had a great discussion about where he came from, about his flow, about so many other different aspects, about how he may or may not have been bodied on certain songs by guest rappers. It's fantastic. But most importantly, though, we are now down to the top five albums. What are they? They are his 1996 debut, Reasonable Doubt. His 2001 triumphant comeback of The Blueprint. There is his retirement album, which was 2003's The Black Album. There is his inspired by the movie the same name, American Gangster from 2007. There is his, I guess what, I'm a cheater, but I guess I'm okay with that, 444 in 2017. He's That's not really... your summary of that album? <laughs> I'm a cheater, but I guess I'm okay with that? Because I'm pretty sure that's the exact opposite of the message of that album. I, like, I appreciate it. I'm a cheater I'm... and I'm a piece of shit. Holy shit, I can't believe I almost went Eric Benet. Five albums, five plus. <laughs> that we're going to be doing right here is fantastic. So, uh, guys, it's tough. It really is. Because I think a lot of people, especially critics, they're, especially when you look at like Rolling Stone, Race Albums of All Time, less, you usually re regularly, routinely see Reasonable Doubt and The Blueprint on there. And I really feel like all these other ones are definitely contenders. So, number five hmm. on the ranking, Taryn O'Reilly. Hey. If you had to pick one for number five easy. out of these. Oh, really? Super easy. Uh -huh. I love it. I love this album. I think it's really good. Oh, God. But I think that as far as like... It's interesting, because I, I really yeah. like the production on 444. I do. Whoa! I do. I really love 444. Honestly, uh, going into the week, I was like... Because I have I listened to this album a decent amount last year, honestly. Mm -hmm. And so I was expecting it to be, like, in my top three, maybe. But I just... There's something about... Like, again, I think the, all of the samples are inspired. I think that it's a very beautiful, luscious, colorful album. It goes all over the place emotionally and melodically. There's something missing. It's not as immediate as the other four that we have. Really? In my mm. opinion. Really? So mm. it's weird. So I guess we're Okay. I guess we're getting right to it. I uh, know, yeah. Jeez. Crap. Um, yeah. This, um, okay, 
I think a little bit of context is needed there. Uh, I feel like, for a lot of people, in case you somehow missed the cultural memo, uh, Beyonce's album Lemonade, which we covered in our fucking first episode we ever did, uh, is essentially her dealing with the fact that Jay-Z cheated on her. This is the uh, million dollar million dollars in an elevator incident uh, of her, Solange, and Jay-Z, uh, him cheating, philandering, basically admitting to it, and basically doing kind of an album response to a degree to what uh, Beyonce did with Lemonade. And Lemonade is a powerful, important, and impactful statement yeah uh it's a it's a very empowering album it has a lot of different psychologically deep and multifaceted details here and 444 it's weird how i feel like isla stew when it first came out and yet it rings even stronger to me today than it did before because jay-z here on this album is unlike anything we've ever heard before this is a 100 percent different pose from him because for a rapper that is known for braggadocio for a rapper that is known for constantly declaring himself as the all-time greatest as i mentioned in the part one episode i feel like when there's a certain inspiring event or a certain challenge that he has to face he really likes to rise to the occasion mm. he needs motivation to do it yeah. whether he's hungry and scrappy on reasonable doubt whether it's to silence people on the blueprint whether it's to i need to go out with a bang with a black album however you want to define it when he's inspired he does it and so 440 is just a complete, I would argue, a complete reinvention of Jay-Z's entire worldview and his entire aesthetic. He's still yes. a solid rapper. He still uh, has a very, you know, great sense of melody. I feel like working with one producer throughout the entirety of the album, No ID in this case, mm -hmm. helped a lot because yeah. yes. uh, No ID, I feel like they were able to create something even closer to an artistic statement on here. Absolutely. And it's a kind of honestly astonishing the levels that he goes to here. I really feel like for him to talk about open up about his mom um, mm -hmm. dealing with her own uh, realizing that she's gay and like him being okay with that and like accepting that is a strong and powerful statement to make. I feel like uh, him even on the story of OJ even though it has a couple let's just say questionably vaguely anti-Semitic lines in there mm -hmm. I also feel like it's him dealing with black identity in a modern world in a very fascinating way and it's still braggadocious but it's more to the sense of I'm the greatest of all time it's more of what am I leaving for my family. Like the entire album all the way through there's just this emotive elements to it that are just so striking and so different than anything he's ever done. But that's what I have to say about it. Shannon. Look. <laughs> we are literally complete polar opposites. Oh. This is literally... And this is the one thing out of this whole list that I will die with, personally. Really? This is the best Jay-Z album he's, <gasps> ever, he's ever made in wow. his entire life. This is my favorite Jay-Z album. Okay, so my thing is like... I don't disagree with you. And, and that's the thing. And that's like, the thing. But this is the thing. I would not be mad at anyone if they said any of the other albums other than 444, if they said this was the best Jay-Z album. I would I would argue with, with them, but I would definitely respect that opinion a thousand percent because it's like, that's how close I do feel. But for me with 444, as Evan mentioned, as someone who's been listening since Hard Night Life 2 and even went back and revisited everything, this was the first time Jay-Z was this personal and then just not just i'm i'm the best rapper like right. i'm me i'm jay-z you guys want to be jay-z it was like no it was speaking on black empowerment it was speaking on your rights and your independence and really owning your own like when it comes to your business owning your ownership it literally and again this is very important especially now because culturally speaking especially coming you know from a black background mm -hmm. when it comes to infidelity and cheating and things like that you know it was just one of the this is what men do mm -hmm. jay-z is showing like like 
Like, I'm fighting for this. Like, I reg- I deeply regret this. Like, look what I risked. Look what I almost mm-hmm. lost because I did this stupid thing based off of some old cultural thing just because, like, this is what it was back then. And I mm-hmm. thought, it was, like, no, like, I'm an idiot. Like, he's, like, literally, uh, like, you can tell, like, this is, like, he literally made the musical version of, like, crying and sobbing and begging for forgiveness for a mistake mm-hmm. he made. He had to make the song cry. He, like, he had, he, it's more of a song cry than song cry, which yeah. is, like, amazing in its own sense to Well, me. and it opens with Kill Jay-Z, which is just kind of a striking statement yeah. in terms of, like, these are all the things that should happen to exactly. me over what I do. Like, it is, a, like, upfront about all of this shit. I, I love, like, I love this album to know, like, and again, and I know it's more recent than the other ones and stuff like that, too, but that's what's so fascinating to me is because Jay-Z's been doing this at this point for 20 years. So for him to unveil a new level like, of so for personality. Him to, for him yeah. to raise the bar again. And he arguably did some of the best rapping he's ever done on Marcy Me. Marcy Me, his flow deliver what? His flow delivery, the bars, the cadence, the production, how it fits with him. And it's like, and again, this is him challenging himself because I'm again, he's been here 20 years. The way he kind of gets in his pocket with his flow, the kind of the kind of hesitation and to keep going and like not. Oh my god, I love that song. I love that song so much from a rapper standpoint. Like, like, <laughs> no, I, it's, if Bam wasn't on here, I think Marcy Me would be my least favorite. Um, what? Yeah. I, I mean, Bam, I, in Bam, I love the horns on it. I don't love the song. I, 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 I love here. Bam. I think, I, love, Damien, I think Damien's annoying. What? I, think, I love I think it, it. It's just, uh, it's, I, I for the it. record, Shannon, I, I, had a very strong connection to 444. I would not put 444 at number five at all, personally. <laughs> That's just me. You still have reservations. Yeah, okay. So, I, look, again, if when it gets ranked higher, I will not be upset. I right. do, like I said, I love this album. I just think that it's it's very concise. And so, for me, the, like, BAM is that much more of a problem. I think, like... Family Feud is incredible. Mm-hmm. I think that the yeah, way that they him. took mm-hmm. that sample in and then Beyonce re-recorded it and like they build out those harmonies mm-hmm. at the end, I think it's brilliant. Um, Moonlight is probably one of my favorite Jay-Z songs Hands ever. Down. Yeah, that's Hands Oh down. my God, I love that song. I mean, and I the, love music, that song. the music video was oh. great. So the music video only has like one fucking verse. There's yep. so much more There's that so he gets There's so much more in. to the song. Yeah, yeah and, Watch the, music and video. The, the Fugees sample, you know, it's... A song that's that yeah. iconic, yeah. it's easy to be swallowed up by the legacy of the original song. And I but think it wasn't. that happens right. a couple times on, think... on his discography. Oh, right, right. Like, yeah, when, yeah. You, when you're talking about when he's sampling I, know I Want You Back, yeah. or when he's sampling, like, Fantasy by Earth, Wind, and Fire, it's like, you can't, you can't make a song that's as good as that original. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I think that he does on Moonlight. I mean, it's so visceral... Well, it's I... so it's so immediately relevant mm-hmm. and yeah and like speaking to the the experience. I think no ID. I feel like he. I. I mean, the thing is, I know of some of his production before. I don't feel like he's ever produced quite like this before. For me, there's a lot of reminiscent of what Jay Dilla did because what Jay Dilla was so fascinated before. A lot of times when people like loop samples before and rap beats, mm-hmm. what they did is they took like a very specific horn or they isolated some certain instrument or whatever and mm-hmm. you know pulled it out and was able to loop it that way. Mm-hmm. But what uh, Jay Dilla did most famously with Donuts, his album, is that he just cut the song as is. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't matter if it was mid snare. 
or anything else like that. He just cut these elements and put them together and made something melodic out of it. And that's almost what I feel like No ID right. does here. Because when that Stevie Wonder sample comes in on Smile, mm -hmm. and then it's just like, you know, like, it just like, ooh, 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 like, he just looks like the tone changes just yeah. so deliberately, so specifically, and adds a beat behind it. And it's just wonderful. Story of OJ, too, with that Nina Simone sample on there. Like, like that. that piano is just like, it's like sporadic and like emotional and like soulful. And then you have those drums that kind of come in these different mm -hmm. moments and just like start like flaring up. Like, it's just from a produ production standpoint, him as a collaborator, as a full album collaborator, I feel like it's just, he needed to make a statement of an album. And more than almost any of these other albums that we're talking about here, there's a unity, there's a clarity, and there's almost a story to it yeah, of what 444 yeah. is. And I respect mm -hmm. that. Now, personally, go ahead. I was just going to say, every time he goes, I'm not black, I'm OJ. Okay. Oh. <laughs> like, I laugh every single time. Look, and, and, and how, I guarantee you, just like me, there's probably millions of people that when they heard that before he said it himself, everyone was like, okay. Yeah. And then Jay-Z, <laughs> and it's just like, and it just shows you how impactful of ridiculous of a statement it was to make and how we all received just like, oh, okay. okay. And yeah. it's just like, and then it goes right into the song when it talks about like, you know, don't die in a neighborhood that yeah. your mama's renting. Yeah. You, if you're going to deal drugs, yeah. you're going to flip it and buy everything. And that's how you rent it's it. That's how you make the money. Yours is how you make it clean. And that's how you uplift your community. And granted, it's definitely a different kind of way yeah. to do that, you know, because one would argue that if you're, you know, selling drugs to get money to do that, you're or also harming, harming community. your community. Yeah. And the Which is kind of, but again, that kind of speaks to what he did himself. Yeah. Like, he cops to that, though. Yeah. yeah. He cop like... I he forget what song it is, but he's album. like, there are people that I loved that I sold drugs to, and that's terrible. Yeah. Like, he knows. Yeah, so it's like, and I think that's what makes this album so legendary for me, is the fact that he was able to capture and do all of this in 2017, after he's been doing it for 20 years, mm -hmm. and he's... He's what forty eight. He's forty eight, and again, this is you know he's the this is the first of, fifty is the new forty, right? Like of rappers <laughs> at that age point that's doing this this actively and consistently at this high of a level. Yeah. So that's what makes this album even more impactful. And I don't think many people thought we would have gotten a Jay Z album absolutely. this good at this point well, in his career. Yeah, especially after the two before it. Right. <laughs> so it's like right. Especially. So it's like to get that. So here's where I stand on it. I'm not going to throw this at number five. I'm going to join up a little bit on that one there. Mm -hmm. But I'm not necessarily saying it's my number one. I'm just saying I have two candidates that I would put down in five and four, personally. Okay. One which I think might be a little bit expected, and one I think is unexpected, but I think if y'all think about it, is really true. One of them, and the thing is that, again, we're talking about great albums, so don't act so fucking shocked <laughs> and shit. When I say American Gangster, because it is a great album, it really, really is. It is, and the cra crazy thing, the crazy fucking thing, is that this is Puff Daddy on so much of the production of this. Mm -hmm. But after seeing this movie about this 1970s uh, gangster, uh, you know, like essentially, and you know, it's Denzel playing him, and like realizing, you know, like I feel like that's kind of the ideal that he wanted to live out. So he created roughly kind of a concept album about that, about mm -hmm. wanting to live that, and it's almost like almost a revision of Reasonable Doubt to a degree, but it's just stylish and classy and, like, whenever he's... I feel like he's more comfortable with horn sections than he is with, like, traditional, like, trap beats or anything else Completely. like that. Completely. You know, that's always been his aesthetic. He's always kind of more he's high class. He's a classicist. He is. Yeah. There's yeah. a reason he talks about Sinatra so much. It's yeah. because he loves that era. And mm -hmm. so he, that's... what. Yeah, I feel like 
when he's calling back to that, that's when he is like he's more inspired in his delivery. Mm, yeah, mm-hmm. and that's and that's really you know you talk about he needs inspiration in this case it's sort of an odd inspiration but you know he was also well it's not an official soundtrack he was involved behind the scenes I mean this album came out like a week before the movie did mm-hmm. yeah. yeah and even the backdrop to that story this album was actually going to be marketed as the soundtrack to American Gangster. But before the movie came out, it was revealed that... Because the whole basis of that movie was it was supposed to be a real story. Mm-hmm. And then it comes to find out, like, no, a lot of that never happened. It's a lie. And then the guy even admitted to it, but it was oh. a check for himself. So he's like, you know... I just said... So instead of making it the official soundtrack, mm-hmm. it was just his album. Interesting. Yeah. Right. So, as such, you gotta keep in mind, there's a lot of great goddamn things on here. Rock Boys is pretty much, cool. like... An all-timer. Out there. Rock like, Boys yeah. is incredible. Verse, Rock production... Rock Boys in the and that. Yeah. And also, Everything. the way the horns come in on that one... Do, 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 do. Yes. You know, like, it's just, like, so... And this, like, the Jay-Z, like, he feels like he's in his comfort zone. That's why this whole album is good. Weirdly enough, one of my least favorite songs is one of the lead singles, Blue Magic. This fucking mm. Pharrell production oh, on yeah. here. And, like... Really? That's what you're leading with? Like, it really feels like that is like a misnomer on the rest of the album, personally. Right. uh, What about Sweet? Yeah. I fucking love Sweet. Yeah. Yeah. It's just like, it's so... I mean, it's it's in a similar vein to, I mean, most of the album, honestly. This, like, this one, I... Would agree, but it was between this and 444 for me. Uh Um, And it's a very good album. It's a really, it's it's a great album, and it's just so solid. Honestly, the only problem I have with it is Lil Wayne shows up. Uh, Mm. Yeah, Brooklyn 2.0. I I, I loved it. I loved (laughs) it. I loved it. It sounded like, I mean, Wayne trying to be Prince, which is what he's been doing for a decade now. Yeah. And and it just like it's like he's not pulling it off. I, but I think the whole rest of the record, even if there's not like huge highlights, takeaways on the second half, it's just a very enjoyable listening experience mm-hmm. top to bottom. Right. See, this was a uh, toss up between two for me, okay. but in a different place. Okay. Before 444, this was my favorite Jay-Z album of all time. Damn. Oh, yes. I feel like, oh, the white boys are just but coming again, for you. Yes. No, but again, I get that. Right. Like, like and like is... even... Even for me, like even when you go for Hello Brooklyn, the reason why that song was so dope and why, and I know this is why Jay Z picked it, and this is also why we love Jay Z so much, right? Is because even though he's kind of the, he's kind at this point he's an OG in the in, you know when it comes to hip hop, right? He stays in tune with what's happening and he he kind of rocks with it to let them know that like hey it's not what I it's not what I did, but I definitely support the movement. Because, you know, that was kind of the sound back then, like mm-hmm. that, especially with uh, the way Wayne did the hook and everything like that, when you factor in the cool kids at that time, yeah. or mm-hmm. the Chicago scene that was kind of bubbling with, like, a lot of kind of futuristic 80s sounding stuff, as far as 80s hip-hop, right, right, like, right. to kind of bring it back that boom back a little bit, and it not being so centered to what was the, the sound at that time, which was mostly Southern, still kind of trappy but more soulful because that's when like the Houston era kind of took over and things like that so when Jay-Z came out with that song in that time frame it stuck perfect just like the Blue Magic song it stuck perfect because it's like yo Jay-Z's in tune with like like is in tune with us still and he's still doing that even at a high level and it was kind of like a time capsule in a sense and the reason why it's genius is because American Gangster kind of took place you know 70s 80s and that you know, that's when that kind of sound was bubbling. Right. So the fact that he was able to capture that in coincidence in that time frame, to me, I was like, this is 
This is amazing. Okay, well, listen, at this point, Taryn and I have each thrown out a nomination, and apparently we're coming after Shannon's favorites. So no. I think the favorite needs to be returned. I'm just curious, Shannon, if you had to okay. pick number five. Okay, so this is, is, is going to be between two for me. And people are going to argue. People are going to be mad. I, if you say what I think you're going to say, I might actually agree with you somewhat. So for me personally, five would have to be between Blueprint and Reasonable Doubt. Here's the okay. Here's the thing. What I was expecting you to say, and what I kind of agree with, and I'm kind of surprised myself, is the blueprint. And the thing is that, mm-hmm. like, I feel like that is a great goddamn album. Oh, I, I feel, do too. There, again, that, where all of these are great goddamn albums. They're talking about it. I personally, reasonable doubt, I would hold it a higher standard. Personally, we'll get into that in a little bit. Mm-hmm. But blueprint is one of the things where it was such a massive album that came out. Is a lot of people consider it to be arguably his greatest album on there. Mm-hmm. I'm not necessarily on board with that exact same sentiment. Personally, right. I think it is a very good album. I feel like with the Kanye, especially him as a producer, really comes into his own on here. Mm-hmm. And I really felt like you see that in a lot of these different songs. However, a classic album, I feel like because he was so motivated because of the Nas beef that he had, mm-hmm. and because he expertly handled that on the takeover, which I feel like is such a nice, wonderful, wonderful attack in the era of classic dis- mm-hmm. diss and beefs that have happened over time. It's great. It's just more of the fact that when I listen to this, it's the rest of the album on here. There are moments. Hola Jovito is not going to rank for me. Hola? As one, yeah, 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 that, that, yeah. yeah, Hola Jovito is not yeah. ranking high for me. Personally. I'm, yeah. I'm also not a fan. Uh, I'm not a fan of girls. Girls, girls. I'm not a fan girls, of that either. Girls, girls, and I mean, I'm, well, let me not, let me not say I'm not a fan of it. Yeah. But in comparison to the other albums, those two stick out to me as like, eh, I can do without those. Like, I'm not crazy about those. Mm-hmm. If they came on some days, I'd skip them. Some days I listen. But like, again, this is this is where it gets difficult with this bunch of albums because you can have so many varying views. But like for me, Blueprint Three and Reasonable Doubt. Reasonable Doubt for me was like kind of I love it. It's a classic album, but it's just weird because it's like I I can't say anything bad about Reasonable Doubt. Come on, yes, but it's you like can. like yeah. I'm trying to, but it's like I love that album so much as well. Mm-hmm. But I don't love that album as much as I love the Black album American Gangster and Four Forty Four. I feel like Reasonable Doubt is is up there I, for me because the production is fucking timeless. Phenomenal. I it's mean, timeless. honestly, Reasonable Doubt, like, I feel like 444 is the first time that the production, like, called back to Reasonable Doubt and was, like, that solid. Well, maybe American Gangster, too. But, like, just, it's, again, it's just so colorful. There's so many, like, very, there's a lot of string samples. There's a lot of just, like, just co- taking it back to a completely different era and I just think it's totally brilliant. And if you read about it, I guess apparently uh, the producers Ski and DJ Premier were apparently fighting a lot. Like, apparently they, like, kept coming in with s- the, roughly the same beats for the same songs. It's just a matter of who got there first. <laughs> like, they were fighting over it. Like, apparently, I think it's a Ski that ultimately landed Brooklyn's Finest with mm-hmm. the Notorious B.I.G. one. But I believe it was actually DJ Premier that actually had another one, similar but not the same, mm-hmm. and also turned it in. But Ski got there first, so he got the beat on the album. And they both have beats across the album. Yeah. There. But I also feel like... Like, the thing about Reasonable Doubt that is so fascinating is I feel like that is the most authentic Jay-Z. Jay-Z has said in interviews that that's one of his, basically his favorite albums right. ever done. And, like, I feel like it's just because it's just the most genuine. It's well, him, yeah. the classy, stylish hustler gangster. Right. Like, that's, like, everything that he needed and, to do. He was able and, to right, do and, and I definitely, like, because even Jay-Z said himself, he said the reason why 
he used and again even he's questioning himself which is so weird that he even questions himself now about yeah. what his best album is because he said people have convinced him of otherwise and he's like I kind of agree because Reasonable Doubt was the album he had his whole life to make mm-hmm. so he, yes. he so like that's the album like you fought you went through everything in your entire life mm-hmm. to make this first album mm-hmm. so like and he did it perfect like he he did it in a perfect way but for me well at least at this point like at least two of us think that we would blueprint three is a contender for fifth out of you these mean blueprint. I mean, blueprint blueprint three yeah. i don't know why i keep saying blueprint three blueprint yeah. itself <laughs> is in content that's how much well, Ter- that terrence got feelings so but, like okay so the- would you rank blueprint three one I mean, I keep saying Why three. Why do you keep saying Blueprint I don't three? know. <laughs> this, he has too many Blueprints. Would you rank Blueprint 1? Yes. You would rank Blueprint. So the Blueprint blue, will be your favorite. Blueprint is my favorite. Really? Yeah. yeah. It, I just well, think, wait, wait, wait. Walk us through it. I yeah. think, I think, again, I usually, I'm looking at it from beats and hooks and, and just like overall like impact of verses. And I think that Blueprint just, there's not, honestly, there's not a weak song on it. And like um, it, it maybe doesn't have my favorite. I mean, your hooks, so one of your favorite like, songs is Renegade. Okay, I hate that. I, I hate that look, beat. Look, I, I, I'm not a big fan of the hook. Thank the you. hook sucks. The hook sucks, and the beat's kind of weird. Renegade I don't mind is it. not my favorite song on here. But Eminem's still. Good. But Eminem. I have a hot take about that song too. I don't think Eminem body Jay Z like really. Eminem okay. Does. No, because if you really listen to it, I think the thing with Eminem's verse that wild everyone. Was was the a bit, like how he did it like yes. the, the, the flow the cadence the dexterity yes. of it yeah. right but it doesn't I, totally make sense it doesn't and yeah. if you but, get, if we if you break down his verse versus what Jay Z said and the meaning behind it Jay Z was in his bag like for me as far as like what they gave us in the studio Eminem just goes so hard and Jay Z's taking it so casual. That when you have those two contrasting styles in right, the you're gonna song, go with the one that's more it's energetic. Just hard, it's just hard to pay as close attention to Jay Z's verse because Eminem just grabs your attention. And he, he wrote, a, like, and he wrote a beat lyrics, that's for Eminem. Right, and that's yeah. the thing too. Yeah. But what I think when with me when I rank my verses and stuff like that, because even back in the day when it first came out, I was like, "Yo, Eminem's fast." But it's like as I got older and I really dissected what was being said, I was like, "Yo, Jay Z was in his bag." I don't think Eminem right. bodied him like. Like people keep saying, like he, like you got body body on your own. Like, sure. nah, I don't, I don't necessarily agree with that anymore. I also really like Heart of the City. It's just, I, oh my I god, I really like Heart of the City. Have you guys heard the uh, the live one, the Unsomething? But it's like the one with the lady singing it. He's performing it live, unplugged. Oh, he, he didn't unplug the blueprint. Oh, uh, he had he. Did, you guys have to watch Heart of the City MTV Unplugged. That is probably one of Jay Z's best. Whoever that vocalist was, I don't know who she was. I hope she's doing well in life because it she her chops oh my god and at this and at this time people didn't think uh, anyone could do that for Jay Z in a live performance other than Mary J Blige because she used to do it all the time mm-hmm. with Jay Z live and she used to sound magnificent but that live performance of Heart of the City oh, all right I love that song well we have a lot I, to t- okay I I'm not done yeah <laughs> I so okay. You guys mentioned "Girls, Girls, Girls" as like a bad song. I didn't. Well, I'm gonna say bad. bad. I, it's okay, fun. The hook. Yeah. The hook. The hook is mm-hmm. obnoxious because he definitely just got like some random friends to record it. Like it's not him. Girls and I, I know, do a dog. Well, I no, know. Gr- so on the girls, first one, girls is a, is a sample from I think that's Biz Marquee doing I that. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. 
That makes it sense. Maybe I don't think that makes it better. Sample. It maybe started as a sample, but there's definitely different people singing it. Because right. on the first time it happens in each chorus, it's two people who are at least in key. And then the second time that happens, <laughs> one of them is for sure tone deaf. And like, I'm like, why would you put someone fucking tone deaf on your song? What is happening? But I love the studio. That's but fun. the beat yeah. is so <laughs> But I just love the beat so much. I think Izzo is a fantastic, fun little song. I think Jigga is like has a solid hook. He gives some great verses. Love song cry. I also I don't I don't love song cry, what? but I'm into it. I, I just it. think Never Change does a very similar uh, thing, but better. Never Change is dope to me. Never Change is like a great ass song. And so like I get why you guys are maybe putting it lower. It's not as like maybe innovative as some mm-hmm. of the other things here, but I think it's just a incredible solid pop record. Okay, so I feel like we're talking about a lot of different records here, but when it comes, I feel like every record we mentioned have been someone's number one or close to number one or whatever. So if we had a number five and we said the Black Album, how would we feel about that? I love... No, I, I couldn't do that. <laughs> I know, I know. That's, that's why weird. we're talking that's about it. Right. Yeah, I couldn't no, do that's that. Too weird. I, couldn't right. do I think that. I think we are all agreeing that the Black Album is not number one, but it's definitely not number it, five. It's it's right? hot. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I'm agreeing with that a thousand percent. Okay, so let's go ahead. Let's talk about the Black Album a little bit, though. I really, okay, we're right. talking about all these other fucking records. Let's yeah. just go into that. So his fucking retirement album, his one that he was about to go out on. It has arguably his most well-known song, and listen, it's been overplayed. We all know <laughs> it. I still think 99 Problems might be one of his most perfect containments of what it is, and it's also one of the only few times a rap rock song has it happened, works. and it works. Because holy shit, it fucking works. Because I hate rock rock rap songs. That yeah. Like, but Sorry, this, Cypress Hill. I love Wanna be a rock superstar and live large. Like, and even and, and what was so and what made this album so iconic is that he came out with the movie with the album, yeah. and you could see his process. And how he just came up with that on the fly, and just how art, how talented he is as a rapper. Like this was literally the best closing, the best ending to a career. If he was to stay, gone. Shout out to Kendall Kong. But <laughs> this was this. If he if if he never made another album after this album, he would still be, in a lot of people's opinions, one of the greatest like artists to ever do it. It would yeah. be cemented at that point. He didn't have to do anything after this album because it was just that good. He got literally the Justice League of the best mm-hmm. producers you can find. Yeah. And they gave him the best. They knew this was his last album. So they gave him product temp like dirt off your shoulders. Yeah, dude. Yeah, you got dirt off your shoulders. You have hold on home. Oh my god. Encore. Then, encore Oh uh, my the, god. Okay. Do you want That's more? like uh, Encore has Go, one of the best raped hooks ever. I think oh my that God. chorus is just like so immediately impactful and like whether it's on whether it's the original version or if it's the gray album like it's just brilliant. We'll talk about the gray album in a little yeah. bit. I have a lot of feelings about the gray album. <laughs> I, do. I really do. It's fantastic. Uh, and then but the weird thing is that this was his fucking I remember when it came out at the time because mm-hmm. I was aware and I was just like okay so this is your last album and your lead single is going to be fucking Change Clothes? Are you fucking kidding me? I really well, and, 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 and I, I might change clothes too but I think the reason why he led with that is because that's when Pharrell 
was steaming hot. Mm. So anything Pharrell touched, the people love Pharrell, that's the one that's going to really boost interest. So I think, and plus they were, him and him and Neptunes were working, like he was on Pharrell's oh, album. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think that was just From, more of a product yeah. of like, this is this just makes sense to promote, to get people to listen to the music. But he could have put out so many of these other songs. And again, you never know until you do it. But he could put out any a lot of these songs as the single, lead what single. What can I say? Oh my god! Yeah. Oh, can we talk about Lucifer for a second? Yeah, it's not even about Kanye beats, by the way. Come, like God, I miss Kanye. Like <laughs> that real, Kanye, like, right, real, right, like right, right, Lucifer. Right, yeah. Oh my god! Like this is when people were like, "Oh shit, Kanye's like he's he's legendary as a producer. Absolutely, like, like he's up there." He's up there, up there. Like, that... Oh, my God. And just the way he... Oh, my... The hook itself, the sample hook... Yeah. I mean, to, to, to take, like, a full, like, flamenco beat and turn it into the incredible rap song that it is... I mean, that takes balls. Take, I feel like people weren't doing that at this point. Nah, this... You know? He was, a tra- he was ahead of his time with that with that production. Like that, sure. that That song still is, like... Stands the test of time. If that song come out today, it would still be as like mind blowing. For sure, it doesn't even sound dated, even when I listened to it recently. Also, December fourth, surprisingly, like oh. again for him to be biographical like that is I, I I'm always so affected when he does that because he really doesn't show that vulnerability a lot. He shows mm-hmm. it a lot on four forty four. Right, but yeah, did he just gave us little tidbits of it throughout his discography before then? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's just like, uh, and then of course, moment of clarity, you know. Yeah. And we're, and I feel bad. I honestly, if Madonna was able to come through and sing "Justify My Thug" like was originally intended, <laughs> I feel just like that annoyed. would have been. Yeah. I'm just annoyed that's even a thing. Justify that's like the thug. one like yeah. big uh, moment on this record. You don't like "Justify My Thug"? No, because I like it. I I don't even like the original. Yeah. <laughs> I don't like "Justify My Love," so why would I like the remake of it? Mm-hmm. All right. That's fair. Okay, so going forward, guys, we have five albums, five slots, and we've talked about all of them. Uh, listen, when I let's you know, I don't think anyone's favorite is necessarily going to be number one. We do have to work our way through. We have to compromise a little bit along our way. Go ahead. Oh, never mind. That was your number two. I was yeah. going to say American Gangster, but no, I say we let's. I think you and I have to gang up and outvote. I think American Gangster has to be number five. I just when we're talking about these other four albums here, we talk about the consistency and talk about what the statements that they make. Yeah. And I feel like for me, it's honestly coming down to what album is the most Jay Z. And a lot of these are really yeah. a lot of Jay Z. And the thing is, I feel like 444 and I feel like Reasonable Doubt are very like so em- emblematic of what Jay Z is. Right. American Gangster is almost like he's enjoying the fantasy, he's living the fantasy of going through this. Yeah. It's like the only thing that's holding me back is just like I don't love it. Every song on here, you know, like that's right. that's my biggest thing. Is it as iconic? No, and it's and not, it, it's not. It's not it, even a matter and, and of again, iconic. And again, yeah. a lot of people, and again, you guys aren't off with how you feel about it in comparison mm-hmm. to the rest that's left, because there it's only a small sector of people that feel like American Gangster was up there prior to four forty four. That's me. I'm definitely not upset. Again, I I can't even be upset about how any of the order shakes out. Right. So I, I definitely like. I would say if we going on a voting process. And and it's two to one. That would have to be number five. I think that ha- I think that has to be at this point, just in terms of an argument, in terms of going forward. Right. I'm yeah. happy to actually ranking shit. Yeah, let's <laughs> let's just go ahead. Let's just. I mean, guys, this top five. If you don't own this top five, get this top five because it's pretty fucking great. American Gangster is our number five pick, which leaves. Reasonable doubt, the blueprint, the blackout. <laughs> doesn't make it any easier. Does not make it any easier. Honestly, okay, and here's my only other. Oh, go ahead. I think after. 
talking it through with you guys, I would be willing to put Blueprint at number four. Oh, why? I just, you know, after like thinking it through and hearing your arguments against it. Like it's your favorite album. Yeah. Right, but and, and I that's also, fine. And but I, I also, it's it's my favorite album, like, just on a, on a purely, like, song-by-song basis, I love pretty much everything on here. But I will also say that I think there are individual moments on the other three that maybe stand above it. Mm-hmm. And so, since you guys wanted to put it lower, I think, okay. I think that makes sense. Well, that's okay. awesome. That's huge. I can't believe we're doing it. And guys, the blueprint at number four and okay, I'm sorry. I gotta fucking call it at this point, though. Okay. We've been having a great. We're compromising all the way through. Reasonable doubt. Black album four forty four. Who's the outlier? Black album. It has to be. It has. I, to I be. would. I would say it that the outlier in this one would be. And the black it is album. a great album, and I really don't feel like we've even talked about it enough, honestly. But like at this I, point, at like the, the black. Yeah. And the thing is that, like, I feel like I, the black album went out was like, oh, it's a pretty good album, like for him to go out on. Mm-hmm. I feel like in the years since, it's kind of gained a reputation, or I feel like at least the songs have at least right. transcended. Yeah. I think the gray album certainly may have helped with that mm-hmm. but like at the same time and that's okay this is the only thing and I'll talk about a little bit more during the happier mini show but the thing about me this is around the time mashups were a thing because yeah, also yeah. ironically the year after that collision course with Linkin Park came out <laughs> right. so it's a whole like, fucking thing hey. but when DJ Danger Mouse who was you know did some hip hop production and his uh, album work with Gemini you have to fucking hear because mm-hmm. his beat work is goddamn amazing but like he went ahead and one afternoon was just like oh well let's get the black album and let me take the Beatles white album and mix it together and do the gray album and I really feel like he was able to in some cases for certain songs that I didn't like as much he was able to find a musicality and a joy to it which sometimes I felt like was missing from it I don't love the beat of Dirt Off Your Shoulder I felt like he was able to do a better job on it personally but he was also unlike all these other fucking things when people tried to mix like Lee's just the blue album with this or whatever mm-hmm. and it always fucking sucked is that he was always able to match tone to tone yeah. like when he did change clothes like here's a poppy little ditty so he took fucking piggies from the white album this like a little fucking sample and married it with it like he was able to find the tone for each of these yeah. so succinctly but and so I think greatly. That also just speaks to how good all of these verses are. Yes, yeah, you can, and absolutely. You can completely absolutely. take them out of their context and, and they still. And they work. actually released the album as just a vocal album. Yes, they were, and that's how. And that's how. That's how much they knew. They were like. This well, and I remember we, on the Billboard charts, the fucking Jay Z, the Black Album, acapella only, debuted at like number one hundred ninety eight. Like four thousand or fucking people bought that on the week because, like, I want to yeah. do my own fucking remix because it basically became the the Black Album challenge hashtag. Yeah. Like people wanted to do that. So I have like a lot of feelings about it, but let's just say it, the Black Album has to go at number three. Why are we doing this? This is so insane. Oh my god, guys. The debate between reasonable doubt and 444. And now, what's interesting, what I thought was going to be the discussion, I thought it was going to be 444 and Blueprint. Yeah. And reasonable doubt is more difficult for me to argue with 444, but I'm I'm like, die hard. Go to the grave. If we got to vote, we got to vote. But 444 is, so my, is my favorite okay, album one, of all time. Okay, go ahead, go ahead. Go ahead. I, okay, I, <laughs> I, I get it. But see, Reasonable Doubt is just like such... It was, it was a different era for hip-hop. And I feel like... I feel like I wish he hadn't jumped on the train where hip-hop went for his next three albums, 97, 98, 99. Mm-hmm. Like, it just wasn't as strong... 
just standalone beats wise and it, and because the beats weren't as innovative i feel like he wasn't as inspired you know lyric wise obviously his flow was improving the whole time but reasonable doubt is just such a rich album and it has a handful of my like favorite all-time jay-z songs my favorite jay-z song is politics as usual yeah, I, I mean that's a fucking classic. Yeah, it's yeah. it's phenomenal. It's phenomenal. It's a I mean, classic. and that's the thing is like there are there are some songs on here like if you're looking at like friend or foe or like coming of age where I think his his delivery is a little too conversational. It doesn't feel like rap per se. It just mm-hmm. feels like talking in a few mm-hmm. places. But like <sighs> politics as usual. Again, that's an all timer. That is that is a timeless song that could come out today and i think it'd be just as mind-blowing and then you know when you get dead presidents on there when you i mean brooklyn's brooklyn's finest Brooklyn's is, finest is so goddamn fun yeah it's like a piano bar duel well, but with you, lyrics yeah, and you, you can know? tell they're pushing each other they apparently yeah. didn't write down anything in the studio no they went they, in and they both just, of them never write yeah and i think and i uh like for me and that again, reasonable doubt is iconic. It's just like, especially, and, and I'm glad that I was able to listen to it really for the first time as an adult, or like as an yeah. adult, at like mm-hmm. 19, instead of hearing it as a kid and not fully understanding it and kind of having feelings about it throughout life. Like it's extraordinary. Like the things, the topics, just it's gritty. It's, it's again, it's it's uh. a time capsule of that time. Like if you. Then when you listen to this album, you're instantly in 1996. I would argue, I would actually argue a little bit against that because only like at the time, I feel like no one was doing this specific thing here. I really feel like around the time like gangster rap, you gotta get mine. It was like 94 is when there was mm-hmm. the heat of the East Coast West Coast rivalry, and right. the years that followed shortly after. This is when P Funk and West Coast Funk was starting to take over, mm-hmm. and it really became a matter of how thug are you, of how gangster are you. Mm-hmm. And here Jay Z was going back to the original gangsters. He was going back to like classic city mm-hmm. gangster type things, and I feel like. That's so emblematic in his production, and I feel like the fact that he went with these production choices as is on this fucking bargain budget of a dime as he's making his own record label, it's just so surprising to me how effective and how I feel like true to his spirit that was. Because Mm. he sounds so comfortable on here, even on fucking... 22 twos mm, this yeah. fucking oh my god is that Jay-Z over there you put down that champagne and you come up on stage I'm that. like oh my god that, it, it, that it might phenomenal. be my least favorite song on here honestly. right right but, but like just the, the creativity of it is like right because like and the whole thing is that it feels like you're at like a late night speakeasy or something like yeah. that like you know like someone would of course someone would spot Jay-Z out there and of course bring him up on stage like there's creativity to it too and so like I feel like he was standing out, and it's weird how like he embraced his persona so much. This is his one shot, and he took it, mm-hmm. and then he put out albums after the fact. Right. So like that's why American Gangster is so refreshing because it does sound like he's referring back to the sound. It right. feels like he's bodying that character again, and he's having fun doing it. But at the same time, four forty four is still so like for good. me, like four forty four is like, and again, it, it and it's definitely like the fact that it's as impactful as it is already in 2017. twenty seventeen, twenty years, like already, and again, reasonable doubt. People didn't regard Reasonable Doubt for a long time. It took time for people to really give it its appreciation and things like that. But 444 is just like... And again, while it's definitely a shorter album, it like... Everything it attacks, it does... I appreciate that it's a shorter album. Exactly. Like, it attacks everything so masterfully. And it addresses so much. And it's like... So much you hear about artists when they rap, especially with rap, especially in hip hop, like, you know, you give yourself compliments. 
That's what you are as a rapper. You're giving yourself compliments. And Jay-Z put this revealing album out saying, like, yo, I fucked up so much. I'm an asshole. I stat like, just being so revealing and vulnerable, which is something that, again, is definitely a polar opposite from the 1996 I'm the Most Thug persona. Mm -hmm. And so to just see that evolution and growth in an older artist and for it to resonate still so much. Still be so high quality. And it's like so high quality and so personal. Like, again, at the time he made Reasonable Doubt, it was his whole life. It took him his whole life to make that album. But then it seems like 444, it's like his whole, it took his whole career. Like, the trials and tribulations of being the biggest rapper in the world and things like that. And then realizing how much you have to, you want to reach back and help people. You understand that the world isn't in the place that it should be mm-hmm. and how things need to change. You want to educate people and uplift and teach. Like, it's just, it's just all, like, I feel like 444 is all of these edits. Like, it's like, this is the embodiment of Jay-Z and him being, re- like, revealing in it. Like, you know, even though you you do these bad things or whatever, you can take those things and bring something positive to it. If you know, because I understand you have to live in your environment, it is like giving such people with in those certain conditions so much hope. And that's why I love four forty four so much. Personally, it just kind of it came out. It just kind of hit me. I'm like, wow. And then he doesn't have a ton of features on it, but the ones that he does, and I understand y'all like Bam. You're not the biggest fan of Bam. Bam is fucking phenomenal. Like, when I heard Bam, I was like, oh, my God. Because, again, you know, I love the... Uh, and, and with Damian Marley, he had the album with Nas. Mm-hmm. And I love that album, too. But I love that album because Damian Marley actually bodied Nas a lot on that, on that collaborative album. <laughs> so, for me, I was like, oh, my God, this song is so dope. And, again, I, and I think another thing that just makes it, if we're talking about the full package, the videos that accompany the songs on this album... Oh, my God. Every single every one. Every... Sing. Like, it makes you appreciate, like, watching the 444 video. Even the bonus track video. Yes. With it's, the pizza. It's like, incredible. Like, it's just like, everything just about this was just like, this is me. Like, I'm at, like, for me, it's just like, I'm looking at Jay-Z at his best. As someone who's lived life, the ups and downs, has, you know, is aware of his wrongdoings and is repenting and is showing you that, like, hey, it can start out here and you can change it. You just got to... You just got to have a right mindset. And don't hate on the kids that are out here wilding because we were like this too at a certain point. We got to we gotta push them in the right direction. Like, let's stop, you know, hating on the new kids. And, let's, and it's just like, man, like, he's such a granddad of hip-hop. It's like, and he does it so masterfully still. Like, he can still out-rap, any, he can still rap toe-to-toe with anybody. I'm not even saying he's gonna win, but he can he can <laughs> rap toe to toe with anybody, and people he'll still have our attention, and it is like he still has the ability to be high caliber. Yeah, and even if he doesn't win, he'll still have the respect afterwards. Exactly, because it's like it's it's still at such a high level, and it's like for me, and again, and and I kind of hold this. You typically, when it comes to big artists, debut albums tend to be the best work, and they never kind of reach that. For me, this was the first time I've heard an artist who's and maybe J. Cole, because J. Cole's debut was terrible. But this is the first artist that has bested, because this is this is the same issue that Nas has to deal with. Nas has never put out a better album, to a lot of people. Than Illmatic. Than Illmatic. Yeah. Now, I have my own... Which Jay-Z agrees with. Right. And I have my own different opinion, because I love It Was Written, but I, I can't be mad at anyone that thinks that Illmatic is his best body of work. I feel like Jay-Z got over that hump. For me personally, he did it twice. But 444, for me, is the most definite. Like, for me personally, 
But again, I can go on all day about how much I love it and how much it means to me and why I'm keeping, why I feel it's number one. But it's three, so we have to vote. I've never been so conflicted, especially after that, especially after this incredibly passionate and powerful argument that you have, because like. 444 is concise and emotional and just gutting and open and honest. And yet, at the same time, I don't necessarily want to compare a legacy album, which Reasonable Doubt very much is. But, like, when you have Dead Presidents 2 and Can I Live and Politics as Usual and Can't Knock the Hustle all on the same fucking album, Mm -hmm. like, it's hard. And so, therefore, like, the only thing I'm really left to reduce to is looking at what the bad tracks are. Like, that's like, there are so many great moments on both of these albums that it's hard. Reasonable Doubt, by its very nature, because it has more songs, does have more, I would say. Like, I mean, Cashmere Thoughts... And, I like Cashmere Thoughts. You know, it's fine. Honestly, Bring It On is like I like the like the beat more than I do the actual uh, verses on it personally. But like, no, yeah, Bring It On because honestly, Big J- I was actually so surprised when Big Jazz was a producer on that one mm-hmm. too. I'm just like, holy shit, dude! You actually were talented. Right, like, and again, you know, at the time, I liked the song a whole lot, but I'm not like a crazy fan over the song with Foxy Brown. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, yeah. I know. Like, thank you for saying that. Yeah, you know, like, I'm not. I'm not the biggest yeah. fan of it. Like, it was cool for the time. I mean, obviously, for me, Dead Presidents is the best. It's my favorite song on that album. Mm. Um, I get it. I love that. Yeah. Like, I love that album, and that's kind of in my range. Um, but again, it's difficult because these are like two. And it's like it's hard to be critical of something you like. You love. You like. Hey, this is a masterpiece. So it's like, but for me, it's so your vote is four forty. It has. It has to be four forty four for me. Mine is reasonable doubt, but I won't be mad either way. Yeah, I'm not upset either way because yeah. it's like Jay Z, like all like. Not many artists will give you, I know. especially the, in a rap. The fact that we are debating his most recent album, well, his first I album, those, debut. I think, this, I think this is the first time this happened. Right. I think this is the this is the yeah. first time that the newest album from an artist with this many albums. Has yes. Been yeah. One. Okay, and you know what? Honestly, I think I can wrestle with this all day. I could change my mind tomorrow. At the end of the day, I have to go with my gut instinct here. And I have to say that 444 has to be number two because I can't deny <laughs> reasonable doubt being what it is and being what it represented and everything else. And ah, it's so rough because like I don't want to say that 444 isn't bad. It's fucking number two on a 12-album ranking that we're doing right now. It's just like at the end of the day when I think about it, And who knows? Maybe I'm wrong and maybe in a year's time after 440 time has had even more time to settle with me, I'll feel differently about it. I think it is phenomenal. I'm glad we're debating it. I really, exactly. really do. But like... And, I, that's, and that's the beauty of it because yeah. we could literally all go back and listen to all five of these albums and have a debate again and you can think 444 is the best you'll be like no this album and I'll have a completely different opinion that's just how close at least for me these albums kind of are Absolutely. yeah so guys, listen. It's I don't think it's ever been so tight, but we gotta fucking call it right oh, now. Oh, it's been tighter. You know it. It's been, really this David feels Bowie. Clo- Come okay, on. that's different. But <laughs> number five, American Gangster. Number four, The Blueprint. Number three, The Black Album. Number two. 
444 and the number one album, Best of Both Worlds, featuring R. Kelly. That's right. Number <laughs> one. I'm lying to you. It is reasonable doubt. It is number one. Guys, we have a lot to say, and we have even more to say. That is what our Happy Hour Minnesota is for, because we need to talk <laughs> yep. about the worst Jay-Z song. We need to talk about his guest verses, because we all know how much you love Heartbreaker by Mariah Carey, right? <laughs> right? Right? Uh, also, Umbrella. But also, I like that, and it, just so much more, guys. So please keep listening. In the meantime, though, if you could do us a favor, rank us on iTunes. Anytime there's a ranking, it helps visibility with the show. That's awesome. The people who have done it, we appreciate you, even though we don't know who you are because we're not logged into iTunes. But most importantly, though, SoundCloud, Facebook, follow us, chat us, email us with jotographers at gmail.com. Shannon, PXG, I read Man White. Yes, sir. Thank you and so no, look, much. this was this was as fun as I thought it was going to be. <laughs> like, because again, it's so much goodness, and it's just like. There's really no wrong answer. It's just a matter of, like, we got to rank when, it. When we finished the first episode and I saw that we had these five albums to deal with, I'm like, how the fuck do we determine anything? Because, <laughs> like, yeah. I was, I was, I mean, I'm so happy with this ranking. Honestly, well, things didn't line up exactly where I had them, but, like... It's, it's definitely they, not a, it's not a bad ranking. Yeah. No. And, and, I, and, I, and, I, and I definitely understand people will agree with it, people will disagree with it, but... It is what and, it is. I mean, yeah. all three of us disagree with it somewhat. So. Right, in some way, shape, or form. Like, yeah. there's somewhere. But it, again, like, I think the list is solid. And again, it's a, it's also a, a, a good determining factor for, like, to know how great Jay-Z is. It's like, look at his top five albums. And the fact that we had a hard time deciding even what number five was out right. of them. So that's good. Yeah. Anywho, so guys, please do us a favor. Keep on listening, because goddammit, you know that we'll be... Have a good one. See you in the happy hour. Maybe some good. Heat of the moment. I thought that I could myself.